we're just i just plan on talking about the mets for this first part of it terrific who and doesn't like talking got... about the mets anyone yeah. on this podcast yeah oh oh we have a <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah yeah it's every week it's every week <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got to get out my canned joke that I had planned all week for this. Is that we had Chelsea Manning on last week. Uh, it was great because it meant we could invite you on because we had set a rule for ourselves that uh, we couldn't have you back on until someone uh, has been tortured more watching baseball than you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. I am your co-host, Jane Austen. With me, as always, is Lauren. I'm Lauren. And Steven. Yep. And we have returning champion, Defectors, David Roth. Hey, how's it going, Dave? Pretty good. How's, how are things with you all? We're, I'm doing pretty good. Doing great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just got I just got off of writing like uh, six papers in three days, so I am ready to talk about baseball and do anything <laughs> else. Nice. That is um, really a powerful mind state to be into. I always have that <laughs> with like yeah. if I finish a post and then I have to like even just talking to my wife or like just some normal person. Like you know the the tweet where you come out of the house after not having not talked to anyone all day and say greetums to the first person you see. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm a hundred percent in yeah. freedoms mode most of the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to try to get out of uh, writing legal briefs mode. So yeah, uh, yeah. but we're going to talk about something way more fun. Um, Steven's favorite subject. Uh, we're going to talk about the Mets. We love the Mets. We, we, love, we love the Mets we here. We love, love the talk Mets. about the Mets and so think about Let's them. go Mets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that line. No. I never said that. It's already I'm, been I'm, no, I'm keeping that could be. Yeah, I'm keeping that one in isolation. Uh, <laughs> like going on the soundboard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is this is not the the Mets we're used to though. I mean, we're coming up on the All Star break pretty soon, and they're like what? They're like a half a game behind the Dodgers for like best record in the NL. Yeah. Uh, how is how is this for your for your uh, state for your like? your mood your state of mind all of this stuff Rob. so i'm trying to be normal as always uh <laughs> what people expect as from always me. yes right well i mean it's a it's one of those it's a life pursuit you know you can't just you can't take any plays off on the battle to a- appear normal every single day <laughs> obviously like you know i haven't done too much mets posting i haven't written about them some of that is because i don't want to jinx anything some of it is because it's early july and yeah, and so you have to think. write about Andrew McCutcheon tweeting out furries. I thought that was better. That's that's <laughs> yeah, one of those better every, to spend your time. Everybody at Defector has to do a Sunday shift every now and then, and I yeah. I always kind of am annoyed by it. And in this case, like I had to do it, and then I had to run to the airport to get back because we'd had a flight canceled the day before. So I was doing it from like basically my knees were touching my father in law's knees the entire time I was working on Sunday because we were in his <laughs> tiny crowded house while I was doing that. But that was such a Sunday post for me. Like just the idea that like there was no one there to be like, you cannot write 1100 words about Andrew McCutcheon <laughs> tweeting the word furries three times. <laughs> like it was just me and 
uh, you know, one other coworker and that was that. So, uh, yeah, the, the thing with the Mets this year that I have decided, and I guess I can you know go ahead and put this on the record now, because what could me talking about the Mets on this podcast do to jinx, uh, them going forward? Right. What could it really not, add up to? Not, Probably nothing. No. Uh, so last year around the all-star break, they were also doing really well, but they were clearly not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was just a lot of, um, obvious holes in the lineup and they had like, you know, all the guys that were supposed to be sort of the younger players that were supposed to be like the cornerstones of what they were doing, except for Pete Alonzo and even including Pete Alonzo were just like not good last year, like McNeil and Dom Smith and, you know, Dom may actually be bad, but this year all of those guys are back. The signings and the acquisitions they made during the offseason actually made sense. It wasn't just the old Wilpon thing where you like sign one person in February and then three weeks later sign one reliever and then you just fuck off for the rest of the winter. Like they <laughs> kept doing stuff. It got better. I think they're really good. I think that um, right now they're not that good because they're still down, you know, at at the very least, like the top two guys in their rotation. And then, you know, we don't need to to do like Trevor May chat this early in the podcast. (laughs) There's like other guys that are important that aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. But if they have Scherzer and DeGrom healthy enough to pitch, which is obviously a huge if in like September, then like this will be the best Mets team that I have seen since I was, you know, 22 or maybe Mm -hmm. since I was eight. You know, like there's really like a lot there. The issue is still that like they're this good and they still have like three or four guys on the roster that I never want to see play baseball again. But that's like <laughs> that's every baseball team I feel like, you yeah. know, except yeah, for maybe the Dodgers. Normal. Yeah, right. Uh, is it uh, it does it uh, hurt in some way, or does it actually like help feed the the mindset that they're still just the second best team in the city? I mean, that part of it is kind of like I've ignored that uh, to the extent that I can, but it is it feels right in the sense that like you know, excluding 2015, which was kind of you know, it was awesome. Uh, that was a, you know, it looks like a fluke in retrospect. I don't think it needed to be as much of a, you know, one hit wonder thing as it was. But, you know, if you go back to like the last time the Mets were routinely very good, like it has always happened. Like, you know, they lost to the Yankees in the World Series the last time they were in the World Series before 2015. You know, like right. it has to mm-hmm. involve that element of it or else it doesn't quite feel right. The fact that the Yankees just lose like, once a week is really bizarre and it's just background <laughs> noise to me like i can't it doesn't seem real uh i i guess i get it but at the same time there's still like i haven't watched them enough and so i just look at a box score mm-hmm. and i see isaiah finer khalifa's name in it every day mm-hmm. and or kiner falifa it's kiner falifa right kiner falafa yeah. yeah that like you know perfectly fine major league baseball player but just being like yeah that guy plays shortstop for the fucking best team in baseball <laughs> by 10 games like Sure. <laughs> yeah, converted yeah. catcher. Yeah, yeah. I played catcher before you. Yep. First uh, catcher to shortstop in like seventy-five years. Yeah. So yeah, you're just fish in the water. You don't even notice the water. Yes, more or less. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. there's also this. The Yankees are winning at a pace that like sort of scrambles your circuitry if you're like used to following baseball. Like I know there's a lot of season left yeah. and stuff like that. Like they have like twenty fewer losses than a team should have at this point in the season. It's just rude how much they're winning. <laughs> 
<laughs> if it was any other team that had that, like it would be like there'd be so much buzz around yeah. it. But it's just oh, yeah. like it's just kind of oh, like yeah. oh the Yankees are doing that. All right, that's kind of annoying. Yep. But uh, and I went into this moving season, on. I remember yeah. talking to a friend before the season about how like we thought that they had duffed the uh, that like the Donaldson deal and like that we were just, you know, both of us very confidently as people that watch a lot of baseball, were like, Rochelle is the best player in that trade. Like, come on, what are you, how are you doing that? Like, like just every <laughs> fucking thing they did worked. Like even Donaldson, yes. who's like, has done nothing to reverse the idea of him as just being one of the like absolute, like platinum tier puds in the entire sport. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's still fucking working. Like, so yeah, I mean, I guess hats off to him. I would for sure, as you said, enjoy it way more if it was any other organization. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I perhaps I, the, yeah. And I've gotten used to, for whatever reason, I don't have that response to the Dodgers. It might be different if I were a West coast person or if I had ever really like rooted against them in any meaningful way, but it's kind of just like funny how good the Dodgers are. Like they get everything right and they're not the Yankees. So there's a part of me, this is kind of like, mm-hmm. ah, well, you know, let them have their fun. Like it's a West coast thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, like the the uh, that's the like the East Coast versus West Coast mindset. Uh, in short, the Yankees are in your face and annoying. Dodgers are just kind of chill and good. Yeah, they're that good. And like everybody, whatever <laughs> shows up in the third inning. I don't even know what the current joke about Dodgers fans is. Yeah, they all leave early. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's traffic yeah, because it's, and the, it's it is like horrendous. Yeah, green there. juice, uh, crystal. Yeah, there's stabbings in the parking lot. They have to get to before they can go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I will say that I love going to Dodger Stadium. I've had so much yeah. fun watching baseball games there. I was, uh, Me too. I went there when I was in college. God, I want to go so bad. I saw Jay Payton's first RBI there. Huge moment <laughs> for me and for baseball. <laughs> but have you? So, Stephen, you haven't been? No, I haven't. I've, I've, I have, I've, I have seventeen crossed off my list, That's but they're mostly they're mostly on the East Coast. Yeah. I, I went a couple years ago and I got to watch uh, all of Dodger Stadium just boo Bryce Harper all night. It was oh, pretty yeah. fun. Delightful. Really, really fun. And him hit a home run to like shut him up to. It was awesome. It was a really, really fun game. <laughs> yeah. What I a like Will about Smith walk off. Dodger like, it was, Stadium it was beautiful. Relative to Lakers games too. I guess it's because there's like it's a different, you know, sort of sport. Like the glamour element of Dodger Stadium is to me like vanishingly small. Like the famous people mm-hmm. that you see when you're watching a game on TV from there, it's like Lisa Gibbons from like Entertainment Tonight sitting behind home plate. <laughs> and then like you well, used they, to see like what looked like Larry a Larry King. Yeah, right. I was like, You see, yeah, you see yeah, Larry haunted, King hunched over a like puppet yeah. that you later <laughs> yeah. realize is Larry King. <laughs> see, I think the problem here is that like uh they're probably also inviting like young people stars, like TikTok celebrities, but you don't oh. recognize them either. Right. There's very few people coming into these games who are in the like the demographic where like you or I would recognize them as a famous person. Yeah, whereas like definitely whatever like Curbs Lurb gets a 90 second standing <laughs> ovation when he gets put on the jumbotron. Yes, that's definitely true. Yeah, some guy named like Handsome Traylon who yeah. is the like most popular guy on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> that's the guy who's famous. Yeah, who does yeah. the but... racist pranks on his parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the guy who does like the videos of like moving like he's in a video game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like a lot of uh like investigations ongoing in uh, in his influencer house right yep. now. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah. 
that's the part oh. of Los Angeles that I find most fascinating. I, mean, I haven't been back there in years. I, I have a lot of friends there still. I miss it. I just, you know, we haven't really been traveling like that, obviously. Like anybody there's a COVID, has, COVID. Right. Yeah, yes. Because of the thing. thing. The, yeah. Right. You remember the, yeah, still happening. Heard <laughs> something about it. That big deal. But the, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that there's just like some of the fanciest zip codes in the city are just like, you could draw the short straw and you live next to like, logan paul's sociopathic nephew and all of the worst people he's friends with and they're just constantly setting your house on fire for like content or whatever and like that happened that doesn't happen in like like a starter neighborhood or like some place that's like brutally no. over policed and under resourced like that happens like on the block that kim kardashian doesn't live on but in the same gated community somehow Mm-hmm. it's really i actually think it's like probably very old hollywood in its essence like i'm sure charlie chaplin was getting up to very similar shit yeah and like the people that were living next to him that were just basically like nelly Bowles's family and stuff like that that were like i didn't corner the wheat market in the entire united states to have fatty arbuckle throwing these parties next door yeah he keeps he keeps doing this the stunt where like the whole front of the house falls down around him yep. it's really after the third time it's really old yeah yeah and the guy from Chinatown is just shaking his fist outside. <laughs> yeah. I tried everything I had. I uh, sent Roman Polanski over to cut his nose with a knife. I ate a fish <laughs> in a menacing way. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> we love John Houston on the podcast, though. Obviously, respect to a, an icon. Of the- we're trying to get him. We're, we're getting in touch uh, with yes, people I think for that's- a seance, yeah. We've been getting some big bookings lately, right. so like we're we're moving up. <laughs> I was gonna right say yeah. Chelsea Manning, you get me, obviously then the ghost yeah. of John Houston telling you about <laughs> when he met Christy Matthewson or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's we're we are working on our seance technology uh for some yes. other guests that we have. Zencaster's so. really good for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really easy interface for for the afterlife. Yeah, just calling in it's from really the beyond, the, yeah. like one yeah. click. It's really the only uh, feature you don't get on the free model. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Southern California and, and Zoomer uh, vibes, uh, have you uh, opinions on the new uh, Padre City Connect? They're great. Oh, they're so good yeah, we're all big fans yeah i'm supposed to talk about those on another podcast tomorrow and like i honestly need to take a minute to like get my thoughts together because all i have is just idiotic like all those videos where like connor mm-hmm. o'malley used to ap- approach people driving sports cars and be like hell yeah like that's yeah yeah, yeah. that's 100 percent what i have you're on a the pimp in gods in heaven yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah those ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to Manny Machado in that uniform going like, I have the power of God. Yeah, with just like blood coming out yeah. of your eyes. <laughs> but yeah, they they rule. Like most of the City Connect uniforms to me, honestly, I don't know if this is like because I'm an old man. Most of them, like I just, I don't see the, uh, like the concept necessarily even. Like they just kind of mm-hmm. look like it's another uniform that you could maybe sell to people. The Padres one's like, I mean, it kind of works. I don't really get San Diego like as a city or anything like that, mm-hmm. but like the right. the the explanation of why it looks the way it does makes sense. And then also like that's a cool like if I lived in a place and the vibe was the vibe of those uniforms, then I would feel happy to live there. Yeah, and like yeah. the like the Rockies one, which is literally just the license plate for the state of Colorado. Yeah, so many of them are just <laughs> like beyond out of ideas. They look like a really really fucking cheap beer can. Yeah. 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 
The way yeah. it was explained to me for the uh, that made sense to me for the uh, Padres one is that it's really not a San Diego uh, jersey; it's a Tijuana jersey, and that made a lot of sense. Yeah, that does uh, make sense because yeah. the San Diego thing would just be like more and more tactical gray, like kind of mm-hmm. like uh, yes. like GMC pickup vibes. Like, I, cause I feel and the like patch would be yeah, yeah, and the patch is like a, a craft brew brewery logo, right? But yeah. that's like also somehow a branch of the Marines. Some sort of yeah. camo is involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little demon the, the from the stone cameras. beer bottles is on it. <laughs> He's got like a handgun. Yeah, that's not like necessarily what you want, but yes, it is. As a as a Tijuana jersey, it it definitely works. The I guess the Marlins have kind of like incorporated some of that. Like I can't even tell what mm-hmm. they have like five different sets of uniforms, but they like in the way that all of the Miami teams like just admitted at some point that like the vice city branding is like way cooler than anything they were going to come up yeah. with on their own. And they just that was kind of the it. first, that was kind of the first like city connect, you know, Jersey. I remember was the, the heat one that was like the pink yeah. and blue neon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one I remember was the Boston yellow and blue one, which I still, well, think that was, was the, f- that was first the first baseball one. one. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. first baseball one. And it is bad. Yeah. Is there a historical, yeah justification for it or is it's it... the flag it's the massachusetts oh, right. flag great which very boring <laughs> it's very annoying to me because i i'm so anxious and terrified for when the phillies roll theirs out because it's going to be same some for fucking revolutionary <laughs> oh that's gonna be bad and all i want all i want is them to do like the city flag colors which are the same exact colors that both Boston and now Milwaukee have used. And I'm just like, they're not going to fucking do that. Yeah, no. They're the, just going to do some like bell or stars and stripes bullshit. And I'm going to look like those so hats mad. that the teams were going to be so fucking ugly. Yeah. The hats oh, were so the, man, the American the 90s stuff. They were July bad. hats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, so oh. It's the Phillies. Have they not rolled it out just because it's like not their turn? Or is this one? Because they were having it's not issues. Their turn yet. Okay. Earlier in the season, I know that like that Fanatics company that now owns Tops, among a bunch of other things, was like they have the Phillies contract for their uniforms and they were fucking it up very badly. That they were like without like road uniforms at the start of the season. It was just oh, like, uh, yeah. I remember oh, no. that they had to wear their. Um, it's basically spring training uh, uniforms, right? Yeah, yeah, they're red funny. tops. With That's very videos, funny. I had no idea. Yeah, which is like I've been kind of trying to like I don't know very much about them. Uh, Dan McQuaid, who I, I work with, is like pretty up on the mm-hmm. the world of making and selling T-shirts. And like apparently they beyond the fact that they've like it's been success to success. The guy that is their CEO is like always on the sidelines at Sixers games. He owns a part of the team like he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. But it's like no one thinks their shit is good like or that the service is good. Like it's the sort of thing where Never. like the product is bad, but also it takes a long time to get to you and it's extremely unreliable. <laughs> so like that's, that's the whole the whole appeal right there. That's your elevator pitch. A bad company that does a poor job selling you a, a low quality item. But somebody got. But somebody you know, made a. Somebody got a boat. Somebody, out right. Of it. And somebody made a billion yeah. dollars. Exactly. I'm extremely excited to see what they do in terms of uh, like bringing their signature disruption to the world of baseball cards, which was already, you know, not exactly dedicated to not making you feel stupid when you buy a pack of cards. Oh, we'll yeah. see how low that can go. Like, yeah, um, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know much about baseball cards at all. I don't really keep up on it. But like, I don't, for, a friend sent me a couple of like twins ones from when he was cracking boxes a couple of years ago, and uh, I hadn't seen baseball cards since I was a kid. And it was just like, oh, cool. This one is, uh, it's just very small. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's just like, a, it's just like, it's like you took the the center third of a card. Like, cool. Yeah. I worked on some <laughs> of those. Sets. Great. It was, there were, yeah. I, I always liked the idea of like those historic sets were mostly what, you know, they were, they were sort of emulating, but they didn't, they didn't have any like text on the back. It was just like stats, but all the numbers were written out. So it'd be like mm-hmm. batting yeah. average, you know, and it'd be like 300. <laughs> Oh, like and zero and nine, you know, it's kind of like not adding any sort of value to it. The really little yeah, cards the, are, I think, probably the Allen and Ginter set. Yeah, here I have one of them right yep, here. Absolutely, uh, Joe Mauer one with a little uh, slice of a pinstripe jersey yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, they love to do yeah. that. They love to take uniforms and cut them up and put them in cards. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, same, here's yeah. here's one of the like actual little small ones. Yeah, just I've a, got a little tiny Byron box. <laughs> We've got our it's Roy not even Halliday. the same height as as one of the taller cards either. This is ridiculous. yeah. Those are definitely designed to get lost. Is the Halliday one also a relic, Stephen? <laughs> I think the same friend sent all of us no. a couple cards because he also sent Richard. me. Uh, yeah, also yes, sent it me, is. Uh, it uh, is. I think it was a Paul Goldschmidt little uh, cutout. Nice. Yeah, he sent somewhere. me a bunch of Fernando yeah. Rodney ones. The way that those too. worked oh, that. when I was in the office was that you would the slicing of stuff would get done off site but the uniforms and stuff would get sent to the office in like lower manhattan where i worked so every now and then just a big box would arrive and people would open it and it'd just be like all-star jerseys or whatever they had stuff <laughs> my favorite part of working there was there was a back room uh that like some of it was like an archive and then some of it was stuff that they got that they then decided not to cut up and put into cards for whatever reason Cause it was like they, whatever the moment passed, but then they just never threw it out. So there'd be like a Mickey Tettleton Jersey just hanging on a hanger where it had clearly been for like 25 years. But that's like, I wanted the whole office to be like that. And it wasn't like the rest of it was just like drop ceilings. Everybody I it'd worked with like, just listened to yeah. fucking Stern all day. It'd be like a fucking mm-hmm. Applebee's, but with like the ultimate guy remembering jerseys yeah. hanging everywhere. That's what like. I was, <laughs> was sort of dreaming of. Although it, there was stuff like that in that back room. Like I remember, at one point, like going in there with a coworker, and we like knocked over a box of baseballs, all of which had somehow been autographed by fucking Frank Robinson, but they were just rolling around the <laughs> office. And we had to like get them and put them back in the box, which was the real that was the Wonka energy I was hoping for from it. And yeah, otherwise, did yeah, not the, go real, the real big difference between that job as described and like a, a journalism job is that you didn't have to cut the uniforms yourself, right? Yes, and it wasn't the sort of thing where. Like the, it wasn't constantly getting like we're pivoting away from that. Like now it's the actual guy. We're gonna figure that out. We've talked with Mark Zuckerberg about it. But instead of a Johnny Damon card, you just Johnny Damon shows up at your house and eats all your food. Yeah, they, they needed to bring in like the Gannett guys a couple years yeah. earlier. Yeah, the relic cards. Mm-hmm. Th- that was like the first of those ideas. The one that I remember most as a series because I had one for a while. I think I sent it to somebody when they were first getting into it, like they knew that it worked, but they didn't know why it worked and they didn't really, I think, take it seriously. And there was in one of the early basketball sets where they were doing it. Uh, it was just the guy's uniform shorts. And the name of that little subset was shorts illustrated. Oh, <laughs> oh it's pretty good. <laughs> so you would get uh, a uh, Dirk Nowitzki's uniform shorts and it would say shorts <laughs> illustrated and so, like a copyright compliant version of the font. Like it wasn't quite that. But you could sort of get the idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's high quality. Uh, that's like uh, the uh, the 
food stand that sells uh, uh, salads at the Nats Park yesterday was Field of Greens. That's the very good. good. Oh, good. So you went to go see the Nats yesterday? I did, yeah. It was the first game of the season I've been to. And uh, I think uh, they have not rolled back any of their COVID policies regarding... Let's... Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, let's hold off on this because this is what we're going to talk about on Patreon side. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. All right. Let's. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Just another reason let's... to subscribe uh, to. Exactly. You get to hear. You get to hear Lauren complain about the bag policy. Yep. And the <laughs> you know that there's a salad place, but you have no idea how good the salads were. Yeah, <laughs> that you have to pay for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, no. I don't want that on the gatekeeping side. I do not, and I don't want anybody thinking I actually did order a salad at a ballpark. My brand and my character. We've talked. We've talked about your your thoughts on salad at ballparks before. I don't know if it was on the Patreon ones though, but like uh, it's out there. I've never you seen. Are, I didn't. You talked about that one recently. Yeah, I had no idea it was an option. Like that's, and like the Mets work pretty hard to have like good food at the stadium, but they not in the sense of like having a healthy option. Like it's just like right. a different, right. like a wide variety of sausages served to you. The thing is like, you really do have to track it down if there is a little booth like that. Cause there'll just be like one or two in the whole park. Yeah. And it's, it's not like the full, like built into the wall places. Mm-hmm. It's the little stands. Mm-hmm. Like so, dip and hard to when we were in, yeah. when we were in, uh, when we were at target, there was someone like handing around samples of like yeah. some weird salad thing. Yeah. I wanted to knock that fucking tray course. off of their hands. Like, <laughs> that was so just yeah, like, it was like right when we walked in and like when, and so like, as soon as you get there, they were just like Waldorf salad. And like, just <laughs> no, it was yeah. some like Little weird cups. organic thing. Like it, it was samples. like a, it was like a, it wasn't like a normal salad. It was like some fancy bullshit. Okay. And it was. I think mm. you probably do have to sell harder with that kind of thing for like the Twins fan base than you do for certain other fan right. bases. Like, I'd yeah. say like maybe them and the Braves are going to be the two where it's the hardest to uh, get buy in for that kind of product. Yeah. The idea of just sort of being like, and this is also like, you're familiar with quinoa. And they'd be like, as look, as a man of faith, <laughs> no, I'm not familiar with quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like saying Mike Soroka's name Keen because what? it sounds Jewish. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, we, we like we talked about uh, when you guys were here, when you two were here. There, there is, you know, Target Field's one of the last fields that lets you pull, like, have a knife on you in the stadium, <laughs> and like. You gotta be you gotta be careful handing out salads because like some chud from fucking Anoka is definitely gonna like pull a knife. Why on are you, you if allowed you're not to have a? I know it's like you can say like parts. it's a fishing yeah. culture or whatever, but you don't need you're not <laughs> at the baseball game. You don't need a knife. It's really just so like they they don't throw it out when you forget it's in your bag or in your pocket. Oh, wow. Yeah, all right. Yeah. My, and it's like up to three and a half. Usually it's like up to a certain length. Okay, three inches is. I've actually yeah. Knives, I have yes, taken swords. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have taken my uh, at at, uh, at Chase Stadium a couple years ago. I did once take my knife there and like where I was going to throw it out. No, there's a little like little piece of tape on the little um, table next to the scanners, and you just pop out your knife and put it next to the tape. And if you're under uh, the limit, you're you're good to go. Oh, they yeah. they measure it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, but all the all the other uh, parks besides like Target Field and I think what was it like St. Louis. All Same of those like, had, like, before inches, yeah. Yeah, they've all they've all had a spate of like British style knife crime. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely yeah. where we're headed as a as a country. Like, it, is this going to yeah. be like which of the stadiums is the first one to be like like we welcome all like concealed carry like people to the ballpark? <laughs> 
that's that's on the Supreme Court's like next session. Right. They're yeah. Gonna be talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody like whatever the uh, some libertarian organization is like demanding the right to have there be like packing at the park night. At- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like giving every judge in the Fifth Circuit like free season tickets. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, imagine, imagine like uh, uh, nickel drinks night. Yeah. At, uh, at, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. At packing at the park. Yeah, because so much of that has like. So I'm just old enough. I'm old, like at least ten years older than, than all of you. Where like that stuff was like happening when I was a kid. Not like disco demolition or whatever. I'm not old enough to remember that. But I remember like the bleachers at Yankee Stadium, where like people would just throw stuff from them at Dave Winfield. And I remember as a kid, like asking my dad, I was like, why did they have like a brick or something? And he'd be like, that's just their culture. They're Yankee fans. Like, that's... <laughs> but it was like nobody was looking out for any of that stuff. They were like, look, if these people want to bring throwing stars to the game and fling them at Bobby Meacham, like, who are we as the people that are in charge of this stadium to tell them not to do that? Mm-hmm. And nowadays, because of wokeness, they wouldn't even let you have a glass bottle in the stands. Right. That's so yeah. true because of in a lot of ways, that's cancel culture <laughs> writ large. <laughs> I agree with Lauren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Phillies yeah. had a giveaway that was a glass bottle like last year. Bad idea. It was very <laughs> yeah. places. So many people, no one threw it. But yeah. no one threw them, but uh, the concourse was littered with broken glass yeah, because people right. would get drunk and then drop it. <laughs> That's so much more self-restraint than I thought the city of Philadelphia had. Good for you guys. Yeah, We're, yeah. We've been, I mean, this was 2021. We, we've we been very beaten down. We're a shell of our former selves. It was like still like COVID was close enough that you were all on your best behavior. Yeah. yeah, yeah Everybody yeah. was Now we're, we're starting to get, we're starting to stretch our legs and, you know emerge from the cocoon a little bit now it's accusing uh instead of applauding for first responders you just like preemptively think that they're too into jalen hurts and (laughs) call them assholes for that reason the the way that you could tell that the the phillies fans were like truly beaten down was when uh the one that was like harassing uh angel hernandez as he was leaving the stadium and all he was doing was like yelling at his suv like i don't like you very much like that was like insanely cucked for philadelphia yeah like are you new here like you're supposed to be like (laughs) double wielding some sort of bladed thing (laughs) while you're yelling at him about like tony luke's the 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 phillies are um mediocre to slightly above average mediocre right now um yeah Mm -hmm. and we're you know we may be coming back because i have very very happy news to report i just realized this because we were talking about it i hadn't thought of this uh the last phillies game i went to was the first time in a very long time i did not hear the eagles chant that's really great (laughs) i mean also it's really great that at every phillies game that people just realize that they prefer football and start doing football <laughs> chants. Flyers games, yep. Sixers games, literally it happens at any anywhere anytime more than 100 Philadelphians are gathered together 
especially <laughs> like it happens like mega churches, yeah. weddings, yeah. What, citizenship <laughs> swearing in ceremonies. They should have the jury duty. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like <laughs> that's just a screening <laughs> thing. <We're> like <laughs> so you're going through, you're just like. E A, and then if the other person yeah. doesn't spell the rest of the word, they're just this. If if you uh yeah, if you got the raw footage from when they were shooting the the video for um and we danced by the Hooters, it was just a bunch of people doing Eagles chants. Like, <laughs> I was I saw today with some apprehension that Bryce Harper refused to say that he was he was like I plan on playing again this year, but wouldn't speculate as to when, which yeah. is a little nervous making. Uh, yeah, it is super nervous making. Um, makes me wonder if he's going to get, cause he has, in addition to the, the broken thumb, there's some, there's an elbow thing that he's got, right? That he basically UCL. can't play the outfield and yeah, yeah he like he's beats been, Tommy Gunn. Yeah. If, if he, if, if the DH hadn't gotten to the NL this year, Harper would have been, would have missed like the entire season. Yeah. And he, and he would, I thought you said this, Jane, like, it's like basically, Tommy John grade injury like it's yeah. like yeah I would be sad he if Tommy he, John yeah I would be sad if he like I mean I, I'd get it but like getting that surgery and missing the rest of the year like they are pretty spunky and he's been incredibly good this year like mm-hmm. just baseball's more fun when he is good yes. you know like just in general to I mean like he's not really been on a team that I've enjoyed watching very much maybe ever but like he himself mm-hmm. uh, kicks ass Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I love I love my little Mormon freak. Yep. Um, <laughs> Health goth and... icon Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I heard that word for years. Yeah, I know. He I, I saw it clearly. I only understand it because somebody was like trying to explain what it was, and they were like, "It's like Bryce, like the way Bryce Harper is." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so... <laughs> I still don't know what that means, really, but it was like I understood it. Like I was like, "Oh, right, okay." Gotcha. Yeah. Now, uh, that it's 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 the uh, weird situation for them to be in just because like if they were even slightly worse i think it would make sense to just have them go ahead and get the surgery yeah. but yeah. It, they're like just holding on and above 500 just enough where it's like yeah we we could theoretically be in this at, at the end of the year so we can't like get you re- and I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to fuck up your return schedule for next year yeah i mean it's weird because probably it's like, the options seem to be like either he maybe comes back in like six weeks possibly or he comes back like in the middle of next spring training and like that's a huge swing to have to make. Like they've been kind of sassy without him too, though, right? Like they're like continuing to play mm-hmm. like post Girardi Phillies baseball, so they're like a little bit post Girardi Phillies baseball is my favorite Phillies baseball yeah. in a very long time. Uh, but yeah, no, they're they're a bunch of the guys are heating up. Uh, Derek Hall um, got called up and is already three home runs deep. Uh, he's played like four games. Um, can he play a position or is he, uh, is he one of the Phillies guys that just kind of is like, he's a left fielder. I forget what position he is. Um, I don't know what his defensive stuff is. All right. I was Um, really impressed with their team construction before the year where it was basically just like a bunch of guys that should be playing corner outfield, but they were just like, he's actually a a second Mm -hmm. baseman now. That's it was 11 yeah. dhs 11 dhs then having your dh spot get filled by a guy that you had not planned on playing right in like actually yeah one of the few guys that can like at least like notionally could play defensively like, in the field and right just like no nah, we can't do that like this is we're you've pushed schwarbs to center field yeah, and that's, that's how that's saying. gonna be 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, Schwarber, but uh, yeah, we need you to play uh, left field <laughs> like five times a week. <laughs> yeah, no, more, more rosters should be, should be constructed by taking a spreadsheet of free agents and hitting uh, up on the, the weight uh, column. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's get to mailbag. Okay, cool. So this one is from our friend Anthony, AK Lingus on Twitter. Oh, we love AK Lingus. Yes, we love we love Anthony. Uh, this one's for Roth. Uh, he's he wants to know um, what's his as in Roth's favorite shitty as hell Mets team. Oh gosh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like this is a hard one because like there's a level of too shitty where nobody's having right. fun and uh, like it's. I mean, I've watched almost all of them. I think like most. I did bail the the pandemic shortened season. They were bad. And I was just like, I don't even like this. Like, this is like everything yeah. that I want from a baseball game. I'm not getting here, like starting with good baseball, but then like including all the rest. One that I will t- say in lieu of, of saying my favorite, uh, when I was doing the, this is going to, there's no way to say this without it sounding like embarrassingly grandiose. When I was doing the Andrew McCutcheon furries post, uh, <laughs> when I was reading, no, that's like a pretty normal like way to start a sentence on this podcast. I guess, but it's, it, I worry about it being like the way that like Lauren Michaels is always like, "I was having lunch with Bobby De Niro," and you're just like, <laughs> like "What are you bragging about?" Like everybody has lunch, you dope. Like we all know who this guy is. Like I guess anyway. But so when I was doing that, I was looking at the previous instances where broadcasters had mentioned the furry convention during games uh, yeah. in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and. The one that I remembered because I saw it when it was happening was Keith Hernandez and Gary Cohn in 2009. Classic. Awful Mets team, 70 and 92. uh, One of the classic Mets records. Like, I feel like they've been 70 and 92 like half the years since I graduated from high school somehow. Like, they just, that's where they they gravitate to. Seldom Mm -hmm. do they have the gumption to lose 100 games, but like, they're always like spiritually in the 70s. So that 2009 team, uh, I didn't remember every element of it, but that was like a classic bad Wilpon team. Like there was like a little bit of quality left over from the last good team, which in their case was 2006. And then the rest of it was just like what Lauren was saying about like putting a team together by just manipulating sliders. (laughs) Like the Wilpon way was just like opening a pack of baseball cards from five years before that and being like, Fernando Tatis, is he available? How about Gary Sheffield? Where's Elmer Descends? And then they would just get all those guys. And so the 2019 was both like awful. And then the average age had to have been like 36. Like <laughs> Levon Hernandez was in the starting rotation. The like every, you know, like there were some like sort of, you know, guys that would the, get churned up through the farm system or whatever. But then the rest of it was just literally remembering guys as a roster construction device. And so there were so many dudes that in just looking at that team's baseball reference page that I had like blessedly allowed myself to forget were Mets. And then I was just like suddenly abruptly reminded of the brief, <laughs> terrible Angel Baroa Mets era. You know, that like these things, they, it all happened. And for like 10 years, that was just like how those teams worked. Is that like the, the big idea would be like, you know, if these guys that are hurt all the time were somehow to be healthy all year, plus we've added a 38 year old Jeff Conine to the mix. Who's to say where the ceiling is. And that was just how they did it for a really long time. That's great. This is, it's good to know this is like the inciting incident in like your Roth origins, uh, like movie 
about uh, discovering, uh, like f- finding some guys. Yeah, it was. Well, it's what's nice about it is that I mean, I think that that was an element of like what drew me to baseball just in general as a kid was like I wanted to know everything. Like I wanted more useless knowledge, never like the stuff that could have been good. Like all of the time that I could have spent like learning computers, I was instead being, you know, just like knowing what team Darnell Coles was on was like what I did mm-hmm. instead yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. But the, the Mets were always really good, especially like, you know, in the, the, the bad post, you know, 86 teams at like, just like bringing in random old guys to see if they still had the old magic and then like getting really mad and bad mouthing them in the press when they inevitably didn't. And so like, yeah, there was an element where, uh, I was, uh, was molded by the guy's experience. <laughs> like by the time I, um, saw the light, I, it was blinding. I don't remember the rest of the monologue, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Got Nick from the discord. To what degree is Noah Syndergaard aware that Richard Staff is doing a bit? Uh, he's completely aware. Yeah, I think he's aware. Yeah. Of that. Yeah, absolutely. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets it. It would be okay. nice if he could mix it up a little bit, but I feel like it's also like, this is, that's not Staff at his best. Like, that's Staff doing fan service with the Syndergaard posts. Like, he's absolutely. not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I mean, I love him. We all, everybody loves Richard, but there's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our beautiful boy uh, whom refuses to show face. But the, uh, like, yeah, the, the Syndergaard thing, I think they're definitely on the same wavelength with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, And we've all got our low, low-hanging fruit bits that we roll out from time to time. You know, no judgment there. Yeah, it's your bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, that, that's a good segue. Speaking of uh, bread and butter, uh, Jordan Freeman, our friend, yeah. asks, uh, what kind of butter do you put on your toast? Great question. Uh, yeah. Uh, whipped? butter i use yep um lando lakes uh unsalted whipped that's that's my yeah i also use an unsalted whipped butter but i don't i don't use uh lando lake i use the um so it's like a supermarket brand so it probably is lando lakes honestly but the right the one that i prefer for whatever reason i'm very loyal to this supermarket brand which is called crasdale you can get it <laughs> here in new york the logo, it's like, it reminds me, my mom was a big generic buyer when I was a kid. And so there'd be, you know, just like a complete, like, like, um, like Repo Man style, just like a totally white box that would just say like cereal O's on it. And you'd be like, well, I yeah. think I know what you're trying to emulate there. That's good. Yeah. But the uh, Crasdale, like if I, if they made a t-shirt with the Crasdale logo on it, I would wear it. It's just like this like oafish 1987 font, like yellow lettering on a red background, but Oh, it'd be huge. To yeah. me, it is beautiful. That'd be good. They go for big. Yeah. Yep. You're both going to get off on the whipped butter, though. That shit is a total scam. Really? Oh, I'm sure. What, yeah. What's your, you you like to use the, the the stick on toast? Standard stick butter is much better value for the for the money, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine. I'll I'll pay an extra, you know, uh, 70 cents an ounce or whatever. Yeah, it's, or it's not even. Better. That's that's too much, but like. Just get just get like a butter holder and put it on the counter and keep the butter on there and you're fine. Yeah, butter holder. That's great. You get a butter holder. You don't tell me what the <laughs> yeah. fucking. No, lie. I want. I'm gonna use the tub. <laughs> yeah. I ride or die for the block of unsalted uh, carry gold. Oh yeah, that's so, my butter. Yeah. That's the other thing is I do have a good butter that I use for like cooking and stuff. Like I don't use like Kras- I for Crasdale like that goes on toast. I eat toast for breakfast every day. Not to brag. Like that's just how, that's how I do it. But the but I do like to have like a good butter if I'm gonna like if I'm making something and I want it to taste good, like a little bit of that at the end or something like that will be cool. Yeah. Kerrygold is the um it's the one of those that I feel most 
okay laying out extra money for. I'm sure there's fancier mm-hmm. ones. I just like don't even let myself look at that shit because I'm not, I'm not at that level. No, Kerrygo's pretty good. They've got like a higher uh, fat content than most American butters. Yeah. You're doing fine. Do you have like a learner? Are you like on a French butter lifestyle, or like do you have? No, I, I I'm on the I'm on the Costco butter uh, trend. Oh, right. uh, Kirkland Select brand. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a Kirkland Select uh, dress shirt at the Goodwill recently. Oh, that's wow. really good. It's always good I would to, have to pick that up. Just like yeah. go in there to get just a large amount of hummus, and then also like a an Oxford shirt. <laughs> I would always <laughs> want it on like uh, uh, like the. Uh, drive silver jacket with gold lettering in the back. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 Why don't they sell that okay. at Costco? Can you you can't get that there? That's one of the. Not yet, but I mean, they started selling a puzzle last year that was all about Costco. So I think they're getting more meta with it over time. Yeah. Nice. Nice. They're embracing. Right. They're embracing the cult. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Paul, aka Skip, on Twitter. What's the all-time dumbest baseball card subset? I mean, we talked about Shorts Illustrated yeah. earlier. That was basketball. We did, we did talk about Shorts Illustrated. So, we don't spend a ton of time on this, but yeah. Subset-wise, I mean, they used to have, um, like, the turn-back-the-clock ones and tops were always, like, kind of rinky-dink. Like, it was, like, hard to tell. It was just, like, on this date, like, Chili Davis hit two doubles. And you're like, thank you for that. <laughs> but the the ones that I remember... It's a Twins legend right yeah, there. So. Most yeah. fondly um, were the Diamond Kings in Donruss, which was, like, is both, like, legitimately iconic like those were anybody that collected cards at that time like you're familiar with them also though like if you look at them as an older person like it is not high quality art and it is also just a very weird thing that that was like the one area where they were trying to sort of like build their brand and like put their mark down they were just like paying a guy and they were just like can you paint uh yvonne calderon in the style of, <laughs> but hold on, no, in the style of a David Alfaro Siqueiros mural. So there's got to be some like Mexican folklore elements to it, but also him. And he's wearing a White Sox hat. And then the guy would just do it. You know, it was yeah. one guy, it was Dick Perez. He painted every single one of those. That's really like being like um, the Medici for like artists these days. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. It's like keeping, keeping them fed by like commissioning that sort of shit. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, it's like better than the idea, the, the way that like NFT people would talk about art, where they'd be like, it's great. And it's got an artist attached to it. An art, an artist did that. The art that's in it that you're buying, that's definitely why you're buying it. That's so that's the product of an artist. And so there is like this element where they like want to appreciate art. And yet I feel like, the people at Donruss maybe like did not have the most sophisticated <laughs> visual sense. And so like, it was really just like, who was the first guy that would agree to paint J bell. And then you could just <laughs> go from there. Do you have any other answers on uh, card subsets? No, yeah, I no. am not well versed. in <laughs> No, you are. You... I, I think by default, any MLV NFT project counts and is automatically yeah. the worst one. They did have yeah. uh, NFT night at Target Field a couple uh, weeks ago, uh, like, uh, like just like a little while after the crash. It was it was really great. Where like everybody everybody at the, the stadium gets a gets a free like a Byron Buxton NFT or something. Oh like, baby, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like there's going to be eventually, like when we're all far enough away from this in our um, whatever, the sort of fortified water hoarding facilities that we'll all live in. Hopefully we'll see each other, you know, together there. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. We're going to really look back at this particular period of like when every team had like an NFT sponsor and we're trying to do stuff like that and get like 
no one could figure out why or what it was for. Like, it's going to seem pretty funny, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, when, it, when we're yeah. all living in the Death Stranding world and seeing <laughs> right. each other, <laughs> like, Chiron messages yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We'll yeah, be like, you remember weird. Miami coin? Do you remember how funny yeah, that yeah, was? Yeah. <laughs> the mayor came up with that one. I mean, they got like 300 years of jokes out of tulips. We, we have it so much better than that. Yes, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They would, I, for people that had to make like the hundreds of years of people, like just the, they couldn't conceive of Mayor Eric Adams. Like if they had to think about that, <laughs> it's like eating like one, whatever, like how one flavor blasted Dorito would destroy James Madison's mm-hmm. entire corpus. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like the mayor has a uh, hearing and is on a jet ski. Okay. <laughs> Time to die. <laughs> All right. Pablo from the discord says, um, had, has anyone ever seen a team have to use an emergency catcher for all the talk about which position players would fill in if both catchers are used slash hurt? I don't think I've ever seen it happen. So I wasn't at uh, the game, but it happened earlier this year. The pirates had to. Right. And they, right. Josh Van Meter. Yeah. Josh yeah Did you like, I was following that, uh, looking into it very strongly <laughs> because it was like, it's the first time he'd caught since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, he was like, he didn't drop anything, but I remember like I follow some, you know, pirates poster guys. They were basically like, he's doing the opposite of framing right now. Like, which is apparently like a thing, <laughs> like not just in that he was doing a bad job, but that he would like catch a ball and then just move his glove out of the strike zone. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like a tick. Mm-hmm. And I saw yeah. Go ahead. He wasn't trying to do a good job. He was just trying to like not get hurt. And that was somehow yeah. how it came out. <laughs> Yeah. I saw uh, in 2017, I saw it. Um, Eduardo Escobar, who used to be the, the one for the twins. And uh, they were getting like blown out by the Mariners. And um, their catcher, uh, Chris Jimenez, was also pitching oh, for them all the time. <laughs> like, like in, instead of having like a position player pitch, like became very popular. If you like shortly after that, they would just have Chris Jimenez pitch like. He did it. He did it a bunch that year. But that's a bad choice. And it was choice. still kind of novel. Extra then. catcher. Yeah, and then so Paul Molitor instead of like just putting Jason Castro. Well, okay, so like they're getting blown out, and Chris Jimenez was like, "Hey, I'll save the bullpen some some uh you know <laughs> just like pitching in this useless game." Uh, but then, and then Paul Molitor didn't want to put Jason Castro in, so they just had a Eduardo Escobar go out and catch, and they were like scrambling <laughs> to find him a chest protector oh, and man. stuff. And he's like a he's not a very tall guy, no. so I'm sure they're like, and Castro's very tall, so like I'm sure that there was just like the chest protector hanging down on him you know looks like a like uh you know a child putting on their dad's clothes <laughs> clomping around like, in the dress shoes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that rules i he is a he's a met now i like escobar yes i love him he's not somebody that i would think of as being your emergency catcher but i guess that's why he's the emergency catcher is he's just the guy well, that's willing to take it on and I remember the stories that came out afterwards. It was like, yeah, he's been our emergency catcher for like four years. We travel with his catcher's gear every time, but like <laughs> they couldn't find his chest protector. So they said like scramble. It was, yeah, awesome. Or like he hadn't tried it on or something before. So they had just been carrying this shit around and he had never once put it on. My favorite thing about uh, having him on the Mets is being able to delight friends who don't really care much about baseball by uh, just doing the like a gloss of his relationship with Fogo de Chao. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. No, that was that Absolutely. was great. Yeah. When he got traded uh in 2018, he made like a like a big uh thing about like uh oh I'm, I'm gonna miss the fogo to chow here i go there every game yeah. <laughs> like God. he made like a deal about it but my favorite thing about him was they used to do these videos every year in spring training where he where they would just stand him out in the field and uh teammates would walk up to him and you try to remember their names <laughs> like, like shake their hands and try to introduce them and he just called every white guy tyler <laughs> It was so awesome. That's great. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna like get a bullseye more often than than, than not. Yeah. So it worked pretty good. It worked pretty good. Yeah. God, if I had known about Fogo de Chao, I would have gone to the Scottsdale Fogo Fogo de Chao at least once. You would have seen it. Yeah. Like he has. Yeah. He has yes. like a Fogo yes. de Chao. Like he's like a he has a black card from there. Like he basically free <laughs> at Fogo de Chao for the rest of his Fogo life. power. Yeah. He brings his own little totem with like the green green and red. It's got a custom built for, for just for him. Yeah. Yeah, but the idea too that like, that's your brand ambassador is a guy that's like he's not still he's like moved beyond the emergency catcher phase of his career, but he spent most of his career in that phase. Mm-hmm. And that, but mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like this is terrific. Like you can't top this sort of word of mouth. Like, the guy that either strikes out or hits a homer goes to us in every town that there's you know a fogo in. <laughs> he just he just eats like a 16 ounce steak before like every game yeah. like it's just crazy Lauren, what yeah. can it just for for my sake and i guess maybe also for the listeners uh can you give me a just a thumbnail sketch on the vibe at the scottsdale fogo de chow <laughs> what are we talking about there scottsdale in general is pretty grim yep. fogo de chow probably not as bad as all of the places called like salt and tallow where all like the republican wives gather yeah, uh, probably actually better than a lot of those a lot of those places. It's really like raising the bar, like yeah. right, like it's 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 skewing the curve yeah. of Scottsdale. Right? It's yeah. it's like you can still only serve beef there. Like any other type of food is yeah. not allowed. But that's one where like a guy like that you have to look at carves it with a sword off of a skewer instead of it being mm-hmm. served to you by like a man in a tuxedo. In yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The pinkest man you've yeah. ever seen in your life. <laughs> Salt <Yeah>. and tallow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this part of the show. We'll see you on the Patreon side then. Yeah.